10 News Conference starts right now. Good morning, everyone. I'm Gene Valicetti. Happy Thanksgiving. This is a special edition of 10 News Conference for the holiday. We've assembled a panel of our reporters. Joining me is Brian Crandall, Allison Bologna, and NBC 10's Tammy Sikarsik. We're going to do the fighting and arguing for you at this table so that hopefully you can enjoy peace at yours. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, Brian, the governor is giving a sweet deal to members of Council 94. That's the largest state workers union. $3,000 for getting a vaccine as an incentive. The governor's getting hammered on this. Well, and I think the criticism comes in a number of different ways. The way I see it is that for months he's been saying we don't need to give anybody incentives mm -hmm. to get the shot, that the vaccination rates in Rhode Island are so high where over you know 93% of adults have gotten at least one shot. The governor keeps pointing to that as a reason not to do incentives, not to do mandates. Mm. And now in within Council 94's upcoming contract are two $1,500 yeah. bonuses for getting the vaccination. And he has also been saying for months that they were negotiating potentially mandating the yes. vaccine with that union. And instead of a mandate now, it's now an incentive. Now, there, I've also heard the argument from another union leader that they gave a $3,000 bonus to the Providence Teachers Union, yes. which McKee's team negotiated as well, but that wasn't tied to anything. So at least this union leader says they're getting something in return right. for the bonus. Now, if it wasn't tied to anything, would it have been as controversial? But the fact that the bonus is tied to something, yeah. then I think is sparking that controversy. And the other state unions are now anticipating that they'll get this as well because their contracts are coming up. There's a group of them that represent yeah. uh, thousands of them as well, and they're all anticipating. Well, I just spoke to Richard Ferruccio with the Correctional Officers Union. That's where we're starting. That's 3, where we're starting, exactly. Yeah, that's where we're starting. Then what? <laughs> Who's paying for it? And why is this happening? The average Rhode Islander isn't getting this sort of deal, right? right. It's a sweet deal for and the And there are people who lost their jobs because they that's didn't right. get vaccinated. A lot of people in the healthcare industry lost their jobs, yeah. and now you have these state workers that are getting paid, essentially, to get vaccinated. Well, well I think right. part of it, too, is the, the union angle of it, where is it that Governor McKee is not trying to tip the apple cart with the unions the year before an election, and is now giving them bonuses. And when he went with the mandate on the healthcare workers, when people criticized that, people in, in the healthcare field who didn't get, want to get vaccinated, he turned it to, well, the hospitals wanted that, the nursing homes wanted that, I'm right. doing what they yeah. wanted. And then when it came time to enforce the mandate with the state healthcare workers at Eleanor Slater and the Veterans Home, he kind of backpedaled right. a little bit and yeah. let them keep their jobs beyond the deadline. Because of staffing said, shortages, right, he and claims. Said, yeah. And said it was right. a safety issue, I can't lose all those people, when before, he said it's a safety issue if healthcare workers are not vaccinated. So I think the trouble comes in that it seems like it's hypocritical to do right. some you're of these things. You're treating state workers differently than you're treating private workers. Now, I think it's going to hurt him in the gubernatorial campaign. Well, he's taking, Absolutely. Well, it's going to hurt him uh, in, in public opinion. He's been getting hammered mm -hmm. on the radio, but he may be looking at 3,800 votes plus a spouse, plus a mother and father. That could be critical in a very, very tight primary. Sure. He might be able to lock up 20,000, 30,000 votes with this. By the way, we're all vaxxed here, uh, so that would be $12,000 on the table. That looks pretty good. Yeah. Done that? Yeah, I want well, like that to you. Yeah. I want one there. We should get Michael Downey to negotiate for us. He's pretty good. Now, health care. Uh, we were talking about the mandates. The governor said to state hospital workers, these are people who are state workers, report to him, you better get the vaccine or else. Some of them thumbed their nose at him. And you know what? They won because he's not getting rid of them. 
because right. I can't afford to get rid of them. Right. There's such a critical shortage of healthcare workers. I know they got one over on me, but he can't afford to get rid of them. That's happening in the private sector where the nursing homes are concerned. Right, but nursing homes, there's a ton of shortages because of the people not getting vaccinated. Where, yeah. like Brian was saying for Eleanor Slater, he was saying, like, okay, well, staffing shortages, yeah. we won't do this right away. But then when it comes to the actual private nursing homes, a ton of people lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. And right now they are really struggling um, to get workers. They have over 1,900 job openings right now. And we're talking about nurses, CNAs. So how can you stay functioning when you have that big of a shortage of jobs? Well, you, I think one of your reports, they were saying that some of them might close. Is yep. that critical? Yep. Uh, they're already closing down units and beds. Uh, some of them aren't accepting in new patients. So, mm. I mean, if you have to get into a nursing home, good luck, because some of them have already mm. stopped taking in new people. No matter what the price tag. Right. Right. right? Now, right? The, the, the argument I've heard from, you know, we did a story last week on the hospitals are saying, if you don't have an emergency, don't come to the emergency right. room. Right. Because, again, we have staffing shortages. Now, they'll argue, and the health department is arguing, that a very small amount of that has to do with the vaccine mandate, that... 97 or 95 percent of healthcare workers ended up getting vaccinated and it has more to do with pandemic burnout that they're losing people to other industries that i think you know a lot of other uh, fields are losing as well right, right? Yeah. correct and 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 so it but there definitely is a problem and they're feeling that strain all throughout the system now you've been to all these press conferences the governor holds and many of them with dr nicole alexander scott sometimes she says one thing he says another What's the dynamic between the two of those? Because sometimes governors clean the house. Is she untouchable? I think at this point, if she was going to be let go, then that would have already happened. Um, I, I think, you know, what you're referring to is, I think, maybe like a month or so ago, it seemed like there was a difference on uh, vaccine mandates and, and who we're going to tell right. to get, you know, and I think she had... I, I talked to some of her people after that. And I think they tried to say that it wasn't what maybe some people made it out to be. But, you know, the interesting thing is, remember when he took office, it seemed like he was criticizing the way the health right. department yes. was yep. running things. Yes. And he yeah. came in and that's and interestingly enough, you know, heading into the, the political part of it, his whenever he takes criticism and is asked a critical question of something these days, he turns it to remember when I took over. Our vaccination rates were the lowest in the, in, right. the, in the country. Our infection rates were the highest. Look where we are now. And that's because I redirected the ship. I told them to get more of that vaccine out. And when he took over back in March, it seemed like a lot of that was directed at the health department, that they're moving too slow. But interestingly, you know, right after he took over, I, I noticed a small thing not long after where she came up to him, Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott, mm -hmm. like, Put her hand on his shoulder, and they were like kind of chummy and, okay. and well, stuff like that. Were the cameras rolling at the time? I don't <laughs> yes, know. Yeah. I don't know about that. They were there, but it was before a press conference when when she showed up. I don't know what the dynamic is now. Well, remember, she's think... a Ramundo person, yes. right? right? Ramundo put her in. There was a lot of stress between Ramundo and McKee, so maybe that's still shaking itself out. Well, you know, the cameras were rolling when you asked uh, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos about giving the sweet deal to the state workers, and at first she answered it, "Oh, well, let's give peace a chance." I think she said it's a $3,000 incentive. They're going to like the carrot and stick approach. She speaks for the administration. They joined at the hip, those well, two. Well, he made it that way, yes. whether he right, liked right. it or not. Remember, he, uh, going back to the, to the Raimondo days, he was not happy that he was cut out of the loop right. when she was the governor. Now, remember, in Rhode Island, they don't run as a ticket, right. the governor and lieutenant governor. But it looks like, you know, technically they're not going to run as a ticket, but... He kind of hitched his wagon with Sabina Matos when he picked her because he handpicked right. her and said, I want someone right. who's a teammate. 
And so whether or and not... And they've been inseparable right. since. Yeah, We're but, talking not just the first two weeks. Oh, We're yeah. talking months, yeah. right? Months. But when you followed up, she said, oh, I don't want to answer for him. She said right. when he comes but back, because he's away on you vacation. You answer for him. Right. You're together right. all so the time. So she started to answer You're it. You're in. Right. Yeah. She started yeah. to answer it. And again, as you said, with that uh, vaccine mm. bonus, let's try a carrot and a stick. And I pointed out what we just talked about a minute ago. Well, he didn't want to give a carrot to other people in terms of incentives. We kept asking him for, for months, are you going to give incentives to people when other states were right. doing it? Even Massachusetts are doing lotteries. They're giving out college scholarships. I think, you know, here in Rhode Island, he said, we're not going to do that. We gave some money to nonprofits. And mm. uh, Gene Ewer was yeah. handing out some scratch tickets at the Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I, too, I did. That's a funny story, the way that came about. <laughs> I, wanted to do I wanted to do $100 worth of scratch tickets. That's an incentive. In the end, they wound up doing one scratch ticket here. So it, it was... It was more of a thank you than, than an incentive. Tammy Sikarczyk, you've done the nursing homes. You've also done unemployment stories, yes, right? You had the Mr. DLT was, was on with you. <laughs> yes, we well have, done. We have fraud. Yep. We, have, we don't even know the final number of how much these characters ripped us off. How right. many of us are around exactly. here? I mean, a I lot was of a victim fraud. of yeah, it. Yeah, you were a victim. You were too. Well, yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. Not that I, know. I was not. Brian and I are clear for now. 50% just here. Yeah, they said I didn't work here anymore. They put in the claim for me. Yeah. <laughs> Mario, too. What's, what's going on? So they were still trying to claw some of that money back, and they have made a lot of progress. Um, I, millions of more dollars from August than the last time I checked in September, I want to say. So they are making progress with clawing that money back. I think the banks are getting more into knowing how to do this process because I think at mm. first there's a lot of confusion, and now they're starting to really figure out who's doing the fraud, how to get the money back to Rhode Island. Um, but unemployment, what's, what's interesting about this is they say the unemployment rate has been dropping, yet people still aren't going back to work. Yeah. And I spoke to an economics professor from URI the other day who was saying that um, income in 2020 was higher than it's been in Rhode Island in years. And he thinks that's because of all of the money that the government has given people during the pandemic. So people are just saving this oh, up PPP, and they're able to, yeah. This leads to another conversation about inflation. We're just right. handing out money but that we printed and this is driving prices up. Uh, but Allison, you're right. You can't get anybody to work in a restaurant these days. You know, at one point when they were doing the $600 a week incentive, that added up to almost $60,000 a year. There are so many restaurants still closed too because they don't have the staff to keep yep. the doors open. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, a lot of really popular restaurants too. I was on Broadway yesterday. The Grange is still closed. Every other Dunkin' Donuts has a help wanted sign up too and it's not just restaurants obviously it's across the board it's a real problem because people aren't getting services so we're talking right. about you know the want businesses not necessarily the need businesses but we're seeing it in the need businesses with the nursing homes and everywhere else then you have the ripple down effect caregivers other people stress on families mm -hmm. i don't know how much longer you know we talk about the great resignation how much longer can this last though? Don't yeah. people need to show up like we do well, and go to work? And the argument on the other side is that people are just looking for better jobs. Right. right. That they're that they're looking, they don't want to work, yes. that they don't want to work in the service industry anymore, that they've realized. And, you know, I think you but, see this in, in other fields, too. It's like you see people who may have been able to work at home during the pandemic. They get flexible hours. They're right. getting better pay and better benefits. But for and how maybe long, people right? are seeing exactly. that the grass is greener on the side. But you're right. When does that all And you can't just out? get rid of those minimum wage jobs, because keep in no. mind, college isn't for everyone. And some of the right. higher skill jobs isn't for everyone unless you want to bury yourself in student debt. So it's like for some people, those minimum wage jobs, at least 
lead to these supervisor positions can actually be really good for them yes. depending on who you are. Right. Yep. And can some of these small businesses afford to no, pay they significantly can. more They're closing. than what they were paying, right? right? So or many cutting of them back hours. Or you Which just, is basically right. closing. Right. right. And you don't get the services that you want. People can't, you don't have people to answer the phone when people right. try to call in. And, stuff like and I was hearing too that the supply chain issues in general are also putting a lot of businesses under right now. So even if they are getting the workers back and they're doing okay on that end right. of everything, now they have these supply chain issues that down the road they're saying, can we stay open if we can't get the supplies? And with That's the right. price of gas, you're going to see surcharges coming. The people who cut grass, I need this more gasoline it's in the lawnmower. I got to charge you. Passed along to this you, is, the consumer. This will right all at the be, end of the day. Right. This will be passed along to the next governor, mm -hmm. whomever that person might be. It could be Governor McKee, or it could be one of four or five challengers. Let's just do a quick one on this. Nellie Gourmet has been kind of quiet since she since she announced. Haven't heard much from her other than she put a poll out saying she's neck and neck with McKee and everybody else is an also. She got a poll. I also got a direct Twitter message, campaign I message. Uh, as well. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of that quiet time. You're going into the holidays. Uh, some of the candidates announced a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. Dan McKee has not. Yeah. You know, and so you're kind of in that quiet time. And it's it's interesting because you, you look at it and you know some of the names that I was just trying to, before the show, think about to elections past where some of the people yeah. who became governor, maybe you had no idea this far out. I, I mean, I don't know, Gina, maybe you have a different recollection. Like 20 years ago, Don Kachiri, this yeah. far out, did anybody know? Or had, was he a household name at the time and was going to become In the business governor? world, I think, yes. Right. Yeah. And it, it's just an interesting dynamic that you have basically a sitting governor yeah. being challenged in a primary now because it was considered, yeah. it's, a, it's a different dynamic with Gina Raimondo leaving to take a cabinet position. You have somebody who's going to be in the position a year and a half come, come primary time next year. Yeah, and yeah. Governor McKee wants to focus on being governor as long as he's, you know, in charge uh, with power, he wants to telegraph that, not necessarily I'm running. At some point, I'm the governor, which is why he's fighting with the leadership over releasing some of those care dollars, the more than a million dollars. He wants mm -hmm. to start spending that, but they don't want to let him. Right, and it doesn't look like <laughs> they're coming back for a special session. He wanted yeah. to get it right. out the door, and he's trying to be on the champion of small business. We're trying to get that money out the door. And, and again, it's an interesting dynamic because Dan McKee is more of a moderate Democrat, and yeah. you've got uh, you know, Seth Magaziner and Nellie Gorbea kind of on the left. And so he, you know, Rhode Island in the governor's office tends to look at more moderates as, yes. as who they want. You know, it's obviously a, a, a blue state, but if you look at the history, uh, Gina Raimondo was the first Democrat who was elected governor in 20 Right, well, we've had Republicans for a long time. And even some of the Republicans have, have positioned themselves as moderate Republicans. Mm -hmm. or right. the, and he's doing well in a poll. He came out with 59% yeah. approval rating in that morning consult poll that came oh, out right. this week where Gina Raimondo had typically been at the bottom of the governor's right. rankings in the country. He was 11th and second among Democrats. So Part of that yeah. is timing, though. Right. He came in at an easier time, for well, sure. And again, I think that's what you hear from him is, I turned things around. Now, whether that was just when because the of the timing came out and, and, and yeah, somebody right. else could have done that as well, that's the argument he's going to make. Whether that carries for the next year is COVID number. We'll see what happens right. with the COVID numbers in the next couple of months as they go up. And, that, and if, if people will remember that a year from now. That's a really good point. This leads us to Helena Folk. She's another Democrat running. Now, she came out, made a splash with a video, but I haven't heard from her. Well, she, had a rough, she had a rough start, right. remember, because uh, again, now. as a Democrat, she got hit from the left because she made campaign donations to Republicans, yep. including Mitch McConnell, and had to come out and basically apologize. And again, I think this is kind of that quiet time um, where around the holidays and things ramp up again later on, but um, that She's was She's going to need to speak up but, now. Yeah, with but, the but again, crisis. a business yeah. background may help her. You know, if you, if you look at that again, you meant Don Kachiri came from the business world right. and she's a Democrat who came from the business world. Sometimes coming from one of those other uh, state general offices right. doesn't really help. Gina Raimondo did it, but before that, 
Bruce Sunland came from the business world. Don Kachiri right. came from the business world. It's right. like they don't really come from within state government. Just right. getting back to Helena for a minute. Now listen, she was she's listed as president of CVS Pharmacies from 2014 to 2018. We're taping on a Wednesday. Just yesterday, we got big news of a verdict that went against CVS for its role in the opioid crisis. Cal, uh, uh, the Ohio jury went after CVS, and they're on the hook along with Walmart and Walgreens. Now, as a candidate, she ought to come out and make her role clear, if she had any role, uh, what was going on in the corner pharmacies. She may be the retail person. She may not be. But where is she? addressing I this. I think you need to hear from her because she's willing to talk about tobacco, right? She wants, yeah, she, she wants to talk about right. the care card. Where so, were you? Right. Absolutely. And this is a precedent-setting case. Yeah. I've been covering these opioid stories now for almost a year, and it is incredibly heartbreaking to hear some of these people's stories, and they're not getting the help they need despite millions and millions going into recovery resources you're still seeing pills doled out yeah. so this is a real problem and peter narona the attorney general is not going to sit back and take this he is very aggressive when it comes to prosecuting these cases right. it was an ohio law that applied public yeah. nuisance uh, they felt cvs was a public nuisance they were at work there it hasn't worked in other jurisdictions but as listed as president of cvs pharmacies what was your role and if it was somebody else Come out and say that. But this is, you're running for governor now. Want to hear from you. The spotlight, the spotlight is on. All right. Uh, we're going to have a mayor. So that's an invitation for that's an interview. That's an invitation. Absolutely. You're welcome. <laughs> we have a space right here at the table. You relax. A uh, piece at your table. We'll do we'll the arguing uh, for you. Let's begin with Columbus. He's always a good guest for any holiday, isn't he? <laughs> Depending on who you ask, Gene. You know, do you know what the Columbus statue is these days, Tammy? He's I, in a warehouse locked up on Harris Avenue. Right. And how long ago did they say they were, they were going to sell the statue or donate the statue to a museum? It's been a while, right? It's been a while. They just had a meeting and they said, give us more time to decide. Why does it take so long to decide what to do with the statue? Why? Because think, nobody wants to touch him. Yeah. No. <laughs> if he's in the no, closet, yeah. leave him there. It's a lightning rod. Punt it down the road as feel, long as you can. Yeah, I feel like this and, is going to last for the next five years. Right. Oh, and, please, no. Yeah. And, you know, that meeting that you were talking about, it was the yeah. Providence Board of Park Commissioners, because mm -hmm. I guess they're going to decide what to do with it. Mayor Jorge Alorza is, is on the board. Um, and the, the leading recommendation that came out of a special committee was to sell it and then reinvest the money in the community. Right. And the head of that committee thought maybe, they, they've heard all kinds of different estimates. It's a bronze statue of $300,000 sure. and a million dollars. Right. But then uh, Mayor Alorza also said like, well, could we also look at, like, do we have to sell it to the highest bidder? Can we have a say in who we sell it oh to, like my. a different group, like an Anglo-American <laughs> yeah. group? Johnston or, or, wants it. Or, you know, yeah. I feel like we're making it like seen way more controversial it. than it has to <laughs> be. But the Cranston would but take it, Should too. they have they, to pay they their hockey? Yeah. I'll take it. Do you get into a bidding I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, you know, it's going to be, the, that'll be on the next plate. Do what Maine did. Put the names in the hat. Take out one of the towns. Figure it out that way. Richmond, you won. The next mayor is going to have to deal with just make a decision. Maybe they'll kick it down the can. And you know what? Three of these... Uh, people have come forward to run for mayor of Providence. They're trying to set them apart. Believe it or not, Brett Smiley, who's always been known as a progressive, he's, he's the most centrist candidate of all. Isn't that surprising? You ask him, are you defund the police? Absolutely not. He gives you a straight answer. Is you straight? Absolutely not. Right. right. The, and the interesting, right, East Side uh, in, is, again, how well is that going to play in yeah. a Democratic primary, which one would assume will basically decide mm -hmm. the election, uh, you know, against Nerva LaFortune and Gonzalo Cuervo. Uh, and again, is he being, he was, you know, he worked for Gina Raimondo. Yeah. Is that going to help him or is that going to hurt him? If, you know, or is, is it going to be better off to be like uh, Councilwoman LaFortune who's like, I'm working on the council, I'm a progressive. Right. Or, you know, and it, it just, it's just, again, an interesting dynamic and so far out. Right. Who's we gonna... know who he is, but do you think the, uh, like, 
the average person in Providence knows who he is. He's more of an insider, I think, with the Raimondo administration. Right. Yeah, he's going to have to spend a well, lot of advertising money. Well, he ran before. He ran before. But uh, you've but quickly, got the uh, Gonzalo yeah. Cuervo came up. Now I asked Gonzalo Cuervo. He says no, but he's for reimagining the police, right. which a lot of people say is the same thing. And I asked Nira Fortune. She is defund the police because she's on the record voting against the whole city budget because the police department's traditional budget wasn't defunded. Uh, she'll say, oh, but I'm for funding public safety. Isn't that the same thing? Well, we'll leave that up to the voters to decide. But the point is that a lot of these progressive Democrats were talking up defund the police, and now they're running away from it, particularly right. with what we just saw happen in Wisconsin. Well, also the violence and in the city. And that's going to be a big topic, I think, for Providence Mayor, especially since the past, what has it been, six months to a year where we've just seen violent acts homicide, after. Homicide, I mean, homicide, I'm here homicide. on weekends in the middle of the night and hearing that scanner go off. It's like right. you can barely keep track of everything that's going on, and you're just picturing these police officers it, running to event, event, event. And I think some of the politicians will go back to a year ago and say, well, defund the police meant different things to different people. That's what I they've been saying. Yeah. Right, I didn't mean take it all away. Right. Let's move some of the money to social services. Let's move money to some of the social services. We all went through the summer of unrest. We all watched all the news. Are we all clear on what defund the police means and meant? It depends you, on who you, you, are you Yeah, clear? I, I guess. Are you, are you, you have any good idea? Allison's right. It does. It depends on I who you I think we know what it means. Yeah. I think different people tried to claim it meant different things. So I think, yes, defund the police means take all the money away. But I think different politicians will say, I mean, well, not totally defund. Right. Like We're Joe Biden will say. Invest in these programs as opposed to, yeah, yeah. And uh, there were some politicians who, by the way, went even further. Abolish the police. And we had some people in Rhode right. Island who, who have tweeted right. that out. They're on the record I think as well. they're finding now that the, among the, the general population, that is not a popular consensus. Again, going back yeah. to Governor McKee, he was saying, like, I think this is, he said from the start, I think this is a time we need to stick to police. And I think that, again, is a message that has worked and people do not want to abolish the police because, again, it just practically speaking, then what do you do? I think people would rather hear invest in police training then defund the police. Well, at least they're talking about mental health right now because it is a real problem. Mm. So that's a positive. At least everybody's on the same page with folks need to be trained better to deal with mental health crises. When I was working for the Providence Center too, doing stories with them, they hired social workers way back under Hugh Clements time to go yeah. in police mm -hmm. cruisers and respond so we're not locking people up but instead getting them treatment in behavioral and, health yeah. now they're finally going back to that not just in providence but elsewhere which hopefully will help but that's not defund the police right that's actually boost them up and give them more resources well, and so many of the calls that go out on have to do with mental health and we Absolutely. covered some situations oh, just yeah. this it's, week again, in terms of a police shooting in in warwick where you know the, the call was for a right. suicidal man and then and again that you're seeing more of that that happened where so many of the calls domestics have to do with with mental health issues and should police officers have better training on mental health yeah. or have a mental have health person with, with them, them right. in yeah. tandem and that would require spending more money well, right. we just saw a couple of cases this week you had one in fall river one in warwick now the warwick police say you know we showed up this man this man was deranged he came at us pointed a gun at us you know some people say pointed a gun at you right. what do you expect the cops to do what would you expect the social worker to do if you pointed a gun to the social But there know, may be a way worker. to de-escalate the situation before that happens, is what they're trying to say. Well, if there is, it hasn't come about in years. I mean, in New York City, they had the Eleanor Bumpers case. This goes back But we haven't been investing in it enough, is what, what folks will say. So we'll see. Right, and they would say, is there an alternative to showing yeah. up with your guns drawn That's and right. armored and the vehicles, going, right. armored which vehicles and you surround the... As opposed okay. to social right. workers showing up Well, that is a case-by-case case basis. Uh, again, you know, uh, these are, there's no easy solutions. Right. To right. Right. We've just yeah. got about a minute left. Unresolved issues. We haven't gotten the buses out of Kennedy Plaza. We're still fighting over bike paths. Take one. 
Do you ride the buses? Are you no. Bu no. No, and I don't ride bikes <laughs> either. So. Do you ride a bike? <laughs> no, I do but not. stay out of problems. However, every time I see a bike path, I get semi-terrified when I'm driving. A lot of drivers do. <laughs> Reminds me of driving fair. in Boston again. Look, the bike paths, I see them. I don't see anybody on them. That's true. So a big investment. I don't see any bikers. It depends on whether or not you're in an urban area. So the one they just opened, the one in they, the season, the, the, season the controversial yeah. one they just opened yeah. on South Water Street. The right. day I was there, there was people zooming by on bikes because I was standing standing right by. I think again, it's they they claim that's an urban right. If you li if you're yeah. a suburbanite like some of us are, then maybe it's not as big of a thing. But in the cities. Uh, you know, people either don't have cars, gas prices going up. Gene, I don't know, maybe ride the yeah, bike more. Yeah, maybe we should all invest in bikes. We're all TV people. You know what this means. I've got the wrap. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, and thanks for joining us for this edition of 10 News Conference.